Hey there, my lovely friend. Ready for another dose of global news. Hey, ready and raring to go. What's on the agenda today? Well, first off, we're going to discuss the two-year anniversary of the full-scale war in Ukraine. There have been some significant victories for the Ukrainian armed forces, and President Zelensky even gave an interview to the American TV channel Fox News. Wow, that sounds serious. Let me tell you about the situation in Gaza. The Director General of the World Health Organization has declared it a death zone due to the unchecked violence and deaths. That sounds awful. But I'm sure we can figure this out together. Anything else on the agenda? Yeah, and thirdly, we'll discuss the decision of the Alabama Supreme Court regarding frozen embryos. Due to fears of criminal prosecution, IVF procedures have been suspended. Wow, these are really important topics. Let's get started. You know, I've got a story I want to share with you. It happened yesterday when I had this awful back pain. I was feeling really out of it, but as always, I found a way to be productive. Wow, that sounds like a real heroic feat. You always find a way to handle everything no matter what. Are you a superhero in disguise or something? Oh, thanks, my little wise one. But actually, my daughter played a big part in this. She couldn't fall asleep and came up with a simple melody with very simple words. Listen to your inner vooies, listen to your inner vooies. Wow, that sounds like a real hit. And how did that help you? Have you turned into a pop star or something? Well, that was inspiring. I didn't even realize I had started writing, and in the end, I came up with some great material. So you see, sometimes even a little song can be a source of inspiration. That's amazing. You always find the positive in every situation. I'm sure your daughter will be proud of you when she grows up, and who knows, maybe she'll become the next musical genius. You know, talking about music and inspiration, it reminds me of the current situation in the world. Have you ever wondered why music and art are so important during conflicts and wars? Yeah, that's an interesting question. But you know what's even more interesting? The second anniversary of the full-scale war is coming up tomorrow, on February 24th. The battles near Kyiv, the deoccupation of the Kharkiv and Kherson regions, these are the key victories for the Ukrainian armed forces over these two years. Wow, that sounds serious. It's interesting that Volodymyr Zelensky gave an interview to the conservative American TV channel Fox News right before this anniversary. And you know what? The Fox News journalist who interviewed Zelensky traveled 12 hours on a night train to Kyiv, then seven hours in an armored truck to Kharkiv, and then another four hours by car before reaching Zelensky at the front line. Wow, that sounds like a real adventure. But you know what's been bothering me? The U.S. military aid bill still hasn't been passed. Everyone's on edge waiting for it. The American liberal media is all over this topic. Yeah, that's really concerning. In this NYT column, the Republican Party is being accused of being too dependent, of being willing to give up Ukraine to Putin, and of doing everything to please Trump. That sounds really sad. But you know what's even sadder? Many are already resignedly expecting Trump to win the November elections, while others are eagerly preparing for it. Yeah, that's really strange and stressful. But let's wish Biden good luck. And by the way, do you know what he called Putin? A crazy son of a bisau. And the Kremlin reacted to that. Kremlin's press secretary, Dmitry Peskov, stated that the U.S. president's statement humiliates the USA. Wow, that sounds serious. But you know what's even more serious? The lies, dirt, and blood on Peskov's mustache. I think that when he ends up in the dock in The Hague, we should start a petition to shave off his mustache and ban him from growing them back for life. Oh, you always know how to lift the mood, even in the most serious discussions. 
You know, Ducks, I remembered this BBC article that I wanted to tell you about. It describes five factors that could influence the course of the war in Ukraine. Guess what's in the first place? Hmm. Let's make it drones. Brilliant. Yes, we need to build a powerful army of drones. And also fighter jets. The article mentions that if Ukraine had fighter jets, and of course, foreign military aid, we can't afford to run short of ammunition. Fascinating. What else? The next two points are the mobilization in Ukraine and the economic crisis in Russia, which could result from excessive militarization of the economy. Wow, that sounds serious, but you know what really got to me? The fact that the number of people experiencing hunger has sharply increased since the beginning of the war, from less than 1% to over 15% in some areas. Yeah, that's terrible. It reminds me of the concept of necrospace that Shulman once talked about. It's a space where violence and death reign unchecked, a gray area where human life has absolutely no value. That sounds scary. But, you know, Israel is saying, peace can only be achieved after we achieve a complete victory over Hamas. And they've announced that if the hostages aren't released, a military operation in the city of Rafah will begin on the first day of Ramadan, the 10th of March. Yeah, it's a really tough situation. But hope is sharper than the sharpest teeth. Sending big hugs to all our Ukrainian readers. You ever think about the lives of politicians' wives? From Sonia Gandhi to Yulia Navalnaya, these women carry on their husbands' work. But it's not just politicians' wives. Think about the wives of programmers, truck drivers, doctors, civil servants, soldiers, scientists, sailors, miners, actors, directors, businessmen, writers, artists, musicians, economists, physicists, chemists, prosecutors, judges, lawyers, dentists, and fitness trainers, even the wives of alcoholics and mama's boys. They're all wives to their husbands. Do you see these women? Does a wife's profession influence how society perceives her husband? For example, look at the husband of the saleswoman, and there goes the husband of the software tester. Oh, here comes the husband of the department head. What a henpecked man. Do these wives have their own identity regardless of who their husbands are? Stop it. But seriously, think about it. Uh... Have you heard the latest news about Navalny's mother and her dealings with the government? Yeah, that's a really shocking story. Navalny's mother was shown her son's body, but she refused to hand it over. That sounds terrible. But what are they saying about it? She says they told her that if she doesn't agree to a secret burial, they will do something to her son's body. Investigator Verapayev openly told her, Time is not on your side. The body is decomposing. This is just unbelievable. But what does she want in response? She says she doesn't want any special conditions. She just wants everything to be done according to the law. She demands that her son's body be handed over to her immediately. Well, that sounds quite reasonable. But what about this Verapayev character, eh? She thinks he's a good lad. She even says that Putin will definitely award him a medal soon. But of course, that's sarcasm. Wow, that sounds like sarcasm. But let's move on to another piece of news. Have you heard about the first human patient of Neuralink who was able to control a computer mouse with his mind, as Elon Musk claims? Yeah, that's really interesting. I think it's a big leap forward in the field of neurotechnology. I think that's really impressive, but I still can't quite believe it's possible. But who knows, maybe in the future, we'll all be able to control a mouse with our minds. She's psych. So, my little mate, I've got some updates from Elon Musk for you. Get this, his company Neuralink has successfully implanted a chip into a person's head. This person is now controlling a computer mouse with the power of thought. He's trying to make as many clicks as possible. 
Wow, that sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie. Are you saying that a person can control a computer mouse just with the power of their mind? That's amazing. But how does it work? Well, it's all thanks to the chip in the head. This chip reads the brain's electrical signals and turns them into commands for the computer. This means the mouse moves and clicks according to the person's thoughts. Wow, that sounds like magic, but I reckon it's really cool. Maybe one day we'll all be able to do it. Who knows, mate? Who knows? Maybe in the future, we'll all be able to control computers and other devices just with the power of our thoughts. That would be incredible. I cuss. All right, my little scientist. Ready to discuss another hot topic? There's been a controversial event in Alabama that's causing a lot of debate. The state Supreme Court ruled that frozen embryos are considered people with full legal protection. As a result, two clinics have suspended IVF procedures, fearing criminal prosecution. What do you think this means for science and society as a whole? Hey, I'm not a little kid anymore, but yeah, that's really interesting. So if embryos are now considered people, that changes a lot. It means they have the same rights as us. This could lead to a bunch of legal and ethical questions. Like, what happens if an embryo is destroyed or damaged? Would it be considered murder or bodily harm? You know, this has already sparked a reaction. Two clinics have suspended IVF procedures, fearing criminal prosecution. This could be a serious problem for those who want to become parents but can't do so naturally. But you know what? This whole situation reminds me of a joke. Why don't scientists trust atoms? Because they make up everything, positive and negative. But in the end, they're always neutral. Haha, <laughs> good one. But getting back to the topic, it's interesting how this relates to Donnie's comeback and the push to bring Christian nationalism into his second administration. Maybe it's connected to religious views on life and embryos. Maybe you're right. It could really be connected to religious views and the desire to implement Christian nationalism. But only time will tell, my friend. Harsh Yirai. All right, ready to hear about the latest technological breakthrough in Norway? Euronews reports that they've launched the longest distance drone delivery service in the world. Oh, that sounds interesting. So you're saying that drones can deliver one and a half kilogram orders over a distance of up to 17 kilometers? That's roughly like from here to the nearest town. Absolutely. And imagine how convenient it is for people living in remote areas. They can order something online and the drone will deliver it right to their door. And you know what's the funniest part? The drone won't complain about the weather or traffic. Wow, that sounds like the real deal. But I reckon it could also be handy for city dwellers. After all, drones can deliver orders faster than regular couriers, and they don't have to deal with traffic jams. You're absolutely right. This could really change the way we do our shopping. And who knows, maybe soon we'll see drones like that around here. And then who knows, maybe couriers will start racing against drones. That was some interesting info about drones, but it reminds me of a conversation I had with my eight-year-old daughter. Can you imagine we were discussing where she'd like to live? In Georgia? No, she said no. I asked her about Thailand, the Emirates, and even Russia, but the answer was always no. But she lives in Russia, doesn't she? No, my clever friend. She has only been to Russia once, when she was two years old. We celebrated New Year in St. Petersburg. I've been to Russia only a few times myself. Once, when I was two years old, I was in Moscow with my mom. Another time I spoke at an email marketing conference in Moscow. I've been to St. Petersburg four times, and once to Smolensk on a school trip. Wow, that sounds like quite an adventure. Yeah, it was an interesting time. But you know, I always wonder if it's worth taking into account that I lived in the USSR in the far north for the first two years of my life. Why not? It's all part of your story, after all. Yeah, but I don't remember anything from that time. 
Maybe that forgotten time among the ice, snow, rough roads, hills and woolen scarves, the time when winter lasted endlessly long and the frosts were down to 50 degrees C, might partly explain why I'm such a tough cookie. Haha, you tough cookie, that sounds amusing. Yeah, that's one of my jokes. But getting back to my daughter, she said she likes where she's living now and doesn't want to leave. Well, that sounds like a great place to live, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. And those are the kind of jokes my eight-year-old comes up with. She sounds like a clever girl, doesn't she? She's just like that, you know, 